Good morning. Earlier this month, Percival Police Chief Cynthia McAllister was fired after an investigation by the town. Now, that investigation is the subject of a new investigation. For Monday, November 20th, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. You and thousands of other people listen to the Morning Minute every day. It's trusted, it's personal, and you take it with you wherever you go. So if you've got a business, why not advertise on the Morning Minute and reach the thousands of people listening right alongside you wherever they are. Get in touch at loudonnow.com advertise or email us at sales at loudonnow.com. That's loudonnow.com advertise or sales at loudonnow.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. On Saturday, the Percival Town Council went into an emergency three-hour closed session. Yesterday morning, the town announced that the integrity of the investigation that resulted in firing Police Chief Cynthia McAllister has been called into question. The concerns revolve around the criminal history and relationships of Georgia Knuckles. She's the special consultant that interim town manager Alex Venegas hired to look into complaints against McAllister by former council member Kelly Grimm and seven police officers. Last week, town staff found out Knuckles had a relationship with a town employee involved in the investigation. According to several sources in the town, that relationship was with Alex Venegas. They found out about the relationship when town staff got emails containing allegations of employee wrongdoing and statements of potentially criminal threats. Town attorney Sally Hankins opened an investigation and informed the town council, prompting the meeting Saturday. Commonwealth's attorney Jim Plowman was also at the meeting. The town has confirmed that Knuckles has, quote, multiple old but serious criminal convictions. Loudon now has confirmed at least one prior conviction for financial credit card fraud in 1997 in North Carolina. On Saturday, Plowman briefed the council on more than a dozen prior charges against Knuckles. But concern about the criminal charges first surfaced about two weeks ago. In an interview on November 10th, Friday before last, Venegas told Loudon now that he was aware of information that Knuckles may have had prior felony convictions, but he was nevertheless confident in the finding of the investigation of McAllister's conduct. In that interview, he also denied having any personal relationship with Knuckles. He acknowledged they were Facebook friends, but said he had 5,000 people on that list. When asked specifically whether he had a personal relationship with Knuckles, he said, quote, we are not close friends. The new allegation that Knuckles in fact had an intimate relationship with Venegas further clouded the probe of the police chief. Sources say Venegas had received threatening voicemails and emails from Knuckles and had taken them to the Commonwealth's attorney. The statement from the town says, with this knowledge, the town recognizes that the integrity of this investigation may be called into question and will promptly hire an outside, independent firm to audit and review the investigation. The council emerged from its closed session Saturday without taking any formal action. Venegas has not been placed on leave. The statement says, quote, the employee involved in the relationship will be disciplined in accordance with the town's personnel manual and procedures. Further, the town will implement measures that will govern all future contract awards designed to prevent the recurrence of these issues, end quote. 
McAllister was fired on November 3rd after the investigation was said to have substantiated allegations that she acted outside the scope of her job as chief of police, engaged in selective enforcement, violated general orders concerning internal affairs investigations, practiced employee intimidation, had been untruthful, and violated town and police procedural policies. She has formally appealed that termination under town policy. Her first appeal would be heard by Alex Venegas, although it's unclear how the town will proceed in this case. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, the proposal to build a 750,000 square foot data center and utility substation on the west bank of Goose Creek drew public outcry at a public hearing Wednesday. Since it was introduced at the County Planning Commission, the project has drawn opposition from neighbors and conservation groups. County planning staff also recommend denying the application because it's a departure from county policy for that area. It falls in the transition policy area, which is a low-density buffer between east and west, and county policy generally discourages industrial projects there. But the Planning Commission recommended approving the project in a split vote. The project would also destroy a rare ecological community known as a Northern Piedmont Mafic Barren, which according to the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation is one of only 10 such locations in the world. All that brought a lot of people out to a public hearing on Wednesday. Here's Ted Lewis, who lives nearby. I'm a geotechnical engineer. I don't even know what it is. But if if there's 10 of them in the world, I just can't imagine that we're going to destroy it. The vast majority of the people at the public hearing and in comments submitted online are opposed to the project. Those who support the project point to the revenue it will bring in. The Department of Economic Development estimates at full build-out, the project will bring in $22 million a year in tax revenue for the county. My suggestion would be that any board member who would vote against this project, at the same time they vote against it, Tell us where you're going to replace that $22 million. That was Jeff Caden of Lovettsville. The developer bills this as an ecologically responsible data center. They have committed to using no groundwater for cooling and say the only water their data centers use is for humidification. In fact, the attorney representing their case, Colleen Gillis, described the company as an industry disruptor. They've also committed to setbacks from the creek, limiting the height of the buildings, saving an easement for a future Goose Creek Trail, and planting at least two acres of pollinator-friendly plants. A lot of people at that public hearing, both supervisors and people speaking, said this is a great project, just in the wrong place, both because it's next to Goose Creek and because it's in the transition area. The application's opponents also see a larger theme here, and it relates to Envision Loudon. Envision Loudon, if you're unfamiliar, is the ongoing process to completely overhaul the county's comprehensive plan. As part of that process, during public input sessions across the county, hundreds of Loudoners turned out, almost unanimously asking that the transition area be protected from development. But the committee guiding the Envision Loudon process caused shockwaves by considering changes to county policy that could allow as many as 12 to 18,000 more homes in that area. The fate of this application remains uncertain. County Chair Phyllis Randall and Supervisors Gary Higgins and Tony Buffington are opposed. Supervisor Corinne Sains has expressed concern. But either side will need five of the board's nine votes to win. Citizens are asking you not to allow the destruction of what is valued in Loudoun. And it just might be that what is valued is not another data center at a potential $22 million worth of revenue. And I think we've heard that many times. That was Denise Goff. 
Changing topics, last week, Representative Barbara Comstock voted yes on the House version of the Republican tax plan, despite concerns from local government businesses and nonprofits. House Republicans passed their version of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act 227 to 205. Only Republicans voted yes, every Democrat voted no, and 13 Republicans from New York, New Jersey, California, and North Carolina broke ranks to vote against. Two Democrats were listed as not voting. After a request for comment, Comstock released a statement that said the bill will jumpstart businesses of all sizes and get wages rising again and put more money in the paychecks of our constituents and provide more opportunity for all, end quote. But that bill has raised concerns from local businesses and government leaders, in particular because it eliminates the state and local tax deduction, or SALT deduction, which allows taxpayers to avoid being taxed on income they've already paid out in state and local taxes. That change could have a particularly big impact on Loudoun. According to the Government Finance Officers Association, 49% of federal tax filers in the 10th Congressional District claim the SALT deduction, above the national average of around 30%. In 2015, 10th District taxpayers deducted $3.39 billion in state and local taxes. Republican County Supervisor Matt Letourneau has said for a typical Loudoun household with a fairly expensive house and so on will probably be net negative on this bill. He was also part of a unanimous vote in the Metropolitan Washington Council of Governments expressing concern about getting rid of SALT deductions. This was also highlighted in a letter sent to Comstock's office from County Chair Phyllis Randall on behalf of the Board of Supervisors, then retracted by the county. County Administrator Tim Hemstreet wrote, quote, Unfortunately, we prematurely forwarded the letter to the Congresswoman prior to a full review by all board members, end quote. Although the county has asked its federal lobbying firm to keep an eye on the tax bill, it hasn't taken a formal position. That retracted letter also quotes estimates from the National Association of Realtors, which warns capping the mortgage interest deduction at $500,000, half of what it is now, could push the cost of homeownership up and the value of homes down. That association estimates nationwide capping the mortgage interest deduction will cause housing prices to fall by 10.2% on average. The 10th district where we live has both unusually high home ownership rates and housing costs. The letter also calls out several other challenges this bill presents for Loudoun, like provisions that are expected to limit the county's ability to refinance its bonds for a better rate, which would make it more expensive to build infrastructure like roads and schools. Elsewhere, the bill has been criticized for giving larger tax breaks to large corporations and the country's wealthiest people, while giving smaller or no cuts for low- and middle-income people and passing over some small businesses. The nonpartisan think tank the Tax Policy Center has found that taxes would be reduced for all income groups on average, although nearly half of the benefit would go to people in the top 1%. According to their report, by 2027, taxpayers making less than $55,000 would see little change in their taxes. Middle-income taxpayers would get a half percent tax cut. Taxpayers in the top 1% of incomes would receive nearly 50% of the total benefit of the tax cuts, receiving an average 2.6% tax cut. Congress's Joint Committee on Taxation has estimated that after 2023, only 40% of Americans would see a tax break, 22% would actually pay more taxes. 
In her statement, Comstock pointed to the bill's simplified rate structure, reducing tax rates from seven brackets to four, and doubling the standard deduction for people who choose not to itemize their deductions. She said the process still continues and that she would, quote, continue to work to improve this bill as it proceeds through the process. In particular, my concerns and those of my constituents about state and local tax deductions and the need for more support for homeowners and those who will still itemize under a new system, end quote. She also acknowledged the need to provide more support for our small businesses so that all will benefit from updating our tax code for the first time in 30 years. Democrats were quick to jump on this vote. State Senator Jennifer Wexton, who is one of at least nine Democrats vying to run against Comstock next year, released a statement saying, quote, Barbara Comstock just voted for a brutal tax hike on middle-class families and homeowners in Northern Virginia in order to give huge breaks to the ultra-rich and big corporations. By gutting the SALT deduction, reducing the ability to write off student loan debt, capping the mortgage tax deduction, and eliminating the medical expense deduction, this bill hits Nova harder than any other area in the country, end quote. Republicans are trying to get this bill passed into law by Christmas. And the Leesburg Police Department is mourning the passing of its first black police officer. In 1972, Reginald Evans made history when he was hired as the Leesburg Police Department's first black police officer. In 1980, when he left the department, he was a sergeant. He died last Thursday at the age of 68. He had pancreatic cancer. Leesburg's first black police chief, other than interim chief Vanessa Grigsby, who's now second in command, Greg Brown, said in a statement, Yesterday we lost a historical figure from our Leesburg police family, a man who for many years served a community he loved. Our heartfelt condolences are with the Evans family. End quote. Uh, my condolences also. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudnow.com. And while you're there, we've also got stories about people in Waterford trying to stop commuter traffic from cutting through their little town, about the changing of the guard in the historic downtown Leesburg Association to some younger phases, and about how the town of Hillsborough could have its own zip code again by the end of the year. It's all at loudnow.com. On today's calendar, this weekend, the village at Leesburg lit up its five-story tree. Well, the tree has more than 15,000 lights on it, and it plays music and light shows every day. It's on the hour from noon to nine. Also, a note, please direct strong views about when it is appropriate to start putting up holiday decorations to Village at Leesburg. Oh yeah, we've also got some photos of the uh, Grand Illumination on our website. Anyway, get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day. 